and welcome to Breakfast with an Alcoholic. I'm Randall, your alcoholic host, and you have wandered into episode 18. Our premise is pretty simple. I have breakfast with a friend, and we talk about addiction, recovery, how we got sober, and how we stay sober. And you get to hang breathlessly on our every word. I know it's Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's completely cool if you want to tell your friends about us. So hit that share button early and often. Today, we're breakfasting with Matt Anderson, who writes a great newsletter on addiction and recovery here on Substack. Guess what we talk about? You're going to enjoy it. So come on, have breakfast with some alcoholics. (laughs) What's the worst that could happen? Matt, welcome to Breakfast with an Alcoholic. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Maybe you want to tell people a little bit about yourself. Sure, I'll give the quick, short, rundown version. I live in Utah with my wonderful wife uh, and our two cats. I couldn't ask for a better family. But there's this external religious community, and a lot of people always felt like they, or from my experience, I felt like they knew what was going on. They knew how to navigate the world. They were confident, and they just walked in stride. I didn't have any of that. I I felt like I had peace missing. So a lot of my youth was spent trying to figure out how to fill that peace, and I finally stumbled upon it through drugs and alcohol. And once I did, that was was a light bulb. (laughs) And I chased that feeling every day for pretty much since I was 16 until I got sober. After I went to Utah, I started going to college. That's where it really got bad. Uh, Narcotics, heroin, meth. And I was bouncing back and forth. It's like Harry Potter with the Dementors. It sucked me dry of my, my life force, my will to live. You jettison everything away like a sinking ship until all you have left are the drugs. And so long story short, lost my apartment, ended up on the street for a few days, realized I couldn't live that way. And I had the support to get into rehab. They shipped me off to the East Coast, so on the other side of the country, away from my problems get sort of a fresh start Uh, and it worked somehow it worked i mean i was kind of a just a lifeless husk at that point doing whatever people told me to do and uh eventually that that life force came back and i started thinking for myself again working with these ideas i learned in rehab and aa and uh built life for myself where i wouldn't just survive but i would thrive while i was drinking and and trying to stop and that was about a, a 10 year process. I just didn't believe there was a life worth living that didn't include drinking. I think a big part of the exercise is coming to believe that there is a life you can lead without drinking or using is actually pretty good. Oh, absolutely. It's funny you say that. Um, I, I remember when I was running around Seattle, every now and then they would be, all right, hey, we got to get clean now. This is this is a bit too much we got to calm down i just told them straight to their faces like i can't live without this if i didn't have drugs or alcohol there would be no point that's what sets us apart i realized i was an alcoholic when i was about 18 years old that realization came when i saw that i just drank so differently than my friend for them it was fun for me it was already a way of life right how did you come to start writing and how did you come to put that on substack I discovered Substack through the writer Chuck P. wrote Fight Club. So I started following him. I've always wanted to write my story because I know people, there are people out there who had needed to hear it. And I think Substack, it's a great platform 
where you can write these short snippets and give snapshots into someone, into my life, if that makes any sense. No, it, it does. And and what I liked about Substack was I could do a lot of different things. You know, I, I post the daily gratitude list, which kind of turns into a daily newsletter. And then I do the podcast and then I do the liner notes for the podcast. I like it because it's very flexible and it accommodates a lot of different writing formats. And just to say, I look forward to that every morning. It's, uh, uh, I think what you're doing is great. Just to put you in the spotlight for a second. I hope you don't edit this out because I think people deserve to hear. <laughs> I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I, I don't, I, I rarely leave my house these days. And so just to have that constant voice every day and knowing that there's actual people out there, it's hard to do. And I think you do it well. Also, thank you very much. So what role did spirituality play in your sobriety? Uh, when I came into AA, so I was just doing what they told me to do. And one of those things is they, your, your sponsor tells you to pray every day. Now at this point, I still didn't believe in God praying every day just because I was told to do it. And eventually with that morphed into as I got more coherent, as my mind and my sense of self came back to me. So when you started to pray as a non-believer, do you yeah. remember what, what those prayers were like? I remember them being mostly just help me get through the day. I, I specifically remember standing in the shower at rehab, just staring at the wall. It's six in the morning and I don't know where I am or what I'm doing. <laughs> I've been sober for like a week. I'm like, dude, someone help me, please. You know, I, I kept doing that because I kept being told to do that and it, it turned into more of i would probably say a gratitude list in a way it just shifted my perspective to being aware of you know what i had prayer is a really interesting topic i think the significance of prayer is not necessarily what the content of the prayer is it's the fact that you're praying and that is important because the fact that you're praying displays your own willingness to believe that maybe there's something out there. I would absolutely agree with that. It's an action you're taking, and in that action, you're demonstrating that you're willing to do whatever it takes. And I think it's okay to start that process, to start praying, even if you're not 100% sure who, who it is or what it is that you're praying to. When I started coming to realize, okay, I don't believe in God, but I'm praying every day. Uh, it's, it's been working for me, but I have this tension of, <laughs> this internal tension of, I'm an atheist, but I'm praying. How do I reconcile that? You know, every time you pray, you're recognizing the existence of a power greater than yourself. And since you're asking for something in that prayer, you are, I think, implicitly recognizing that that power greater than yourself has some ability to make things better. In early sobriety, as you're struggling with all of this, I think that becomes part of the exercise is not just acknowledging that there is a higher power in your life, but understanding the contours of that higher power and what is it that that higher power can do for you? Can that higher power unlock your car doors when you lose the keys? No. Can that higher power remind you to take the cupcakes out of the oven? No, well, but that higher power can do a lot of very powerful things. And it's just understanding what kinds of things those are. Um, and then that allows you to define that relationship. And, and that's part of building a sustainable life. Right. I think it's a cop out when people say, make your higher power a doorknob. I mean, I, I, yeah, I hear that a lot. And I hear, and look, I, I think it's important to bring people in no matter what. If it's a doorknob, came to believe that a doorknob could restore us to sanity.
Like, I don't think that works. I mean, it's in the name, higher power. It has to be capable of something more than a tornado. And in my, my experience, it's something that, wherever you are, it's something you have to grapple with and figure out, as you said, the contours. I think that's a great uh, metaphor. So, so one of the other things that you wrote about in one of your essays, I think it was in the one, uh, The Things Candy Says, and you talked yes. about the curse of self-control. You want to talk about that a little bit? Unfortunately, highly focused perfectionist, which has done a lot of good in my life. I want to constantly control everything so that there are no surprises. I mean, I think the problem with the way of life that you described, you know, one that's predicated on controlling everything, it's a pretty tough way to live. And for most yeah. of us, the only way to make it through that is to drink and use a lot of drugs. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure of any other way. Right. You know, the first step talks about manageability. To me, and I, I say this all the time, sustainability fit better in my head than manageability. Like I couldn't manage everything, right? I kept my job. I paid the mortgage. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I put on matching shoes most mornings, but, but that life was not sustainable in any sense. And so building a sustainable life seems to me to be what sobriety is all about. And, you know, when they talk about the promises and you hear people at meetings talking about cash and prizes, and for those of you out there who don't go to AA meetings and are listening to this, there are no actual cash and prizes awarded at AA meetings ever. But the, but the prize is this whole different outlook on life, this whole new way of living your life that is a lot more pleasant, I would say. What do you think? I absolutely agree. And I think that's a really great point between manageability and sustainability. What do you think was the worst advice you've received in sobriety? Oh. That's an interesting question. And feel free to name names. <laughs> I mean, I can name myself. I had a whole bunch of advice that I would give myself. I think I, uh, during an intervention, I, I said, well, I'm spending less money to do drugs than I am going to school. So that's good. Save the money there. That, I mean, that's a pretty compelling argument. Mom and dad, you shouldn't be upset. Look at all the money I'm saving you by being an addict instead of going to school. Is there music? that has had special meaning for you in recovery? Music has been the thread of probably my whole life, addiction and recovery. Elliot Smith, huge, huge influence. True love by him. Uh, he, he suffered uh, with addiction himself, and you can see a lot of it in his song. All right, I feel like you could be ready for the alcoholic lightning round. It's time now for the alcoholic lightning round. I don't know if anybody's ready. Well, that's a fair point. We will put time on the clock. I will warn you, as I warn everybody, that I was once a practicing trial lawyer. You are not under oath. And the first question is, superpower if you had one. Telepathy. When they make the movie Breakfast with an Alcoholic, who do you think should play you? A younger David Duchovny. When you go out to breakfast, what do you typically order? Maple bacon donut. If your cats could talk, what would they say about you? Why are you in your office and not petting me right now? Do you know any magic tricks? I know how to lie to myself really well. <laughs> what is the best song by the band Wang Chung? Uh, their first single. Called? Yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is not the correct answer. 
everybody have fun tonight would have been an acceptable answer. You know, you were so close. You were doing so great. I mean, there's a Wang Chung question in almost every alcoholic lightning round. Just word of the wise. <laughs> this has been really great, Matt. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Well, that's another episode of Breakfast with an Alcoholic. I hope you enjoyed it. In fact, I hope you enjoyed it so much that you subscribe. And to make that easy, I put a button down there. You can just push it. Go ahead, I'll wait. <laughs> cool. When you subscribe, you get the daily gratitude list, all of the future episodes of Breakfast with an Alcoholic, the liner notes, the official discography, and so much more. The really great news? You can subscribe today for free. I mean, you're probably also going to be able to subscribe tomorrow for free, but wouldn't today be better? Also, I know it's Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's totally cool if you want to tell your friends about us. It's thanks, F-L-M-S, thanks for letting me share, on Instagram and Twitter. And I put another button down there to make it super easy to share. So, subscribe, like, share, follow, and I will be very grateful. On a serious note, if you need help or want to learn more, nyintergroup.org has a complete listing of AA resources in New York. And there's an intergroup site for every state and a lot of countries. If you want to ask us, we can try to point you in the right direction too. So that's it. You can look forward to the liner notes for this episode soon. And I'm already excited about the next breakfast. And not just because there are going to be pancakes involved. Until then, be well, stay groovy, go to a meeting, and call your sponsor. Thanks for letting me share.